0: Hello and welcome to the Porty Podcast. I'm David Calder, back at the microphone after well longer than I care to think about. And before we get into this week's episode, a sincere thanks to Hazel. I hope you've been enjoying her episodes as much as I have. Long may this collaboration continue. But right, let's do this week. Have you been watching Trigger Point on STV or ITV, depending on where you are in the country? If not, then why not? It's a real nail biter. One of the stars is Cal McCannage, who lives here in Portobello with his actress wife, Shauna MacDonald. But when we met earlier this week, it wasn't to talk about his acting career or the show, but something much more challenging, getting into a boat to row across the Atlantic. Cal McCannage, welcome to the Porty Podcast. We know you from your television, but here you're about to not just play, uh, if you like, Taking on an adventure, but actually doing it. Can you just explain what the Atlantic Challenge is? It is rowing
1: three thousand miles across the Atlantic unaided. We are a crew of five, all based in Portobello. You're members of
0: the Eastern Amateur Rowing yes. Club.
1: Yes, yeah, that's right. I've been a member of that club for about four years. When I had the idea of of rowing the Atlantic, I put out a few feelers to ask members of the club who fancied doing it and these are the four guys who go back to me saying
0: that they would consider it. It, It's quite a a daunting challenge. I mean, 3,000 miles, you're not, if you're like going a Viking, you're not following the northern route, you're going further south where it's hopefully a bit safer. Yeah, apparently Columbus said you
1: head south until the butter melts and then you turn right. So that's what we're doing. We're heading from La Gomera in the Canaries and rowing across to Antigua. The boys from North Berwick did it this year A lot of the time they were in the doldrums So they, they, was, they were like rowing through treacle And there's two tiny little cabins at either end of the boat It's a specially designed Atlantic rowing boat When they tried to get some sleep it was absolutely stifling There, wasn't, there was very little wind, a lot of the time it was very un, unpleasant And of course you row two hours on, two hours off, 24
0: hours a day you keep said, the
1: boat moving.
0: I was just wondering about that, because I've been involved in rowing and regattas and that, so yeah, that's that's an hour at a time. This is 24 hours a day for, what, about 30-plus days?
1: Anything under 40 days is, is really good. Keep keeps in the, the North Berry boys, but um, the five-in-a-row boys, they did it in 36 days, and I think they were eight hours short of a world record, so 36
0: days is an incredible time. But anything less than 40 days would be... Would be fantastic. I was actually doing the the arithmetic last night and thinking that 3,000 miles, you're only doing it about four miles an hour, which is quite a daunting thought. Well, you hope
1: some of the time you're going to get the waves that you could surf so that you can get up to maybe 18, 19 (laughs) miles an hour. A bit of help would be nice. But we've got a rowing coach. He's rowed the Atlantic twice himself and he's also coached several world record teams. And he is gradually increasing our rowing training. We're on about an hour. We can do an hour on the the rowing machine as part of the training now. And then we'll build up to at least being able to do two hours, if not three hours, sitting non-stop. So that's the goal. So it must be fairly
0: uncomfortable, actually.
1: Yeah. When I first started in the rowing machine, 20 minutes was painful. But I can do an hour easily now. You have to be strong enough and fit enough. But you've also got to take care of your bum because your bum is going to be very sore and you're going to get soaked a lot of the time so when you finish your two hour shift you have to dry yourself off you have to moisturise your bum basically and keep it safe because if your bum starts to get sore and get sores on it that's going to make a very very unpleasant
0: crossing and of course your hands as well because if you're gripping the yeah. oar, there's, you know, you're going to build up calluses on it. A friend of mine who's an actor who wrote it in 2011
1: he used specific grips and he said he didn't get any calluses. So we're going to try them out, but I mean, everyone else gets calluses normally and a thing called claw hands that you're, your hands lock in a claw position because you're, you're rowing so much, the muscles just seize up. So that's. I've, um, I've also heard that described as Viking finger. Oh, there you go. (laughs) I haven't heard of that before, but yeah, I can imagine. You're going to experience something that you will never experience. And being in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when the closest land to you is underneath you, when you're closer to someone in the International Space Station than somebody on land, you know, that's quite an incredible thought. And seeing, in a clear night, seeing the Milky Way in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean is going to be incredible. I mean, I will be rowing at the time, so, so how much can I take in and not be not be too tired? But you know, things like the nature, all this, the, the the sea life we're going to see, whales and dolphins, sharks, flying fish, you know, the phosphorescence at night and all that—it's going to be quite an incredible adventure.
0: There's no chance of really getting bored, is there? Well, some some people do. It's,
1: it's monotonous if the sea state stays the same. It can be monotonous. Some people take talking books and things, but. Um, Ian Couch, one of the safety officers, he's adamant, he says no one should be bored, everyone should be present to the journey and present to what's happening to them, so that you're never bored with what's happening. And I'm sort of in that mindset, I'm just am really looking forward to, the end is meant to be amazing, you, you see your loved ones again and you stop rowing and they come off and you can't really walk on dry land, <laughs> but you know, you're, it's, it's an amazing feeling to have achieved that. And I know that's going to be great, but I really want to enjoy
0: every day out at sea. But you've already, in a sense, got that kind of mindset from the fact that you've been a climber and you actually have to have that mindset the moment you step on a mountain.
1: I always said that climbing made me very present to life, and I find that about rowing as well. And when you're on a rock face, you're so focused on the next move and everything just narrows into that one focus and then when you get to the belay and then you take in the beauty and the air around you and you realise where you are Um, I've always found it life affirming and I know it's dangerous I know there's risk involved but I think risk is very important to have a fulfilled life and in that sense I know that crossing the Atlantic is dangerous as well and there's risk involved but it, it's, as I said, I think it's a
0: life-affirming experience. So getting back to that, from the route that you're talking about, you're actually into the trade winds, which should hopefully propel you from east to west. That's the idea, yeah. And that's why to do it, it's, the race
1: starts on the 12th of December every year. So you're going to miss Christmas? I'm going to miss Christmas, yeah, yeah. No, I have warned the kids, and they are ready for it. But a um, new year... <laughs> And Burn's Day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Having Christmas at sea is going to be something. Okay, let's get back to the nitty-gritty, if you like, because do you have a boat yet? Do you have training, for example, that you really must have? Because you're going to be out in the middle of the Atlantic. You need to have some way of communicating with the race organiser, for instance.
1: We are buying the boat from the five in a row, the North Berwick team. We should get that sometime in March because their boat still has to be transported back from Antigua and then it has to be checked over serviced before we get it. And then once we get it we can then start training in it. The Atlantic Campaigns Committee uh, say you have to do a minimum of 120 hours in your boat. We've also got a a little um, training boat as well which we can practice in But we hope to do more than 120 hours. We hope to go up the west coast, maybe get to Skye and maybe on to Lewis and then down to Ullipool. We'll see how much time we've got. But of course, part of the 120 hours, we've got to do overnights and getting used to the overnights is a big deal. Um, So once we've got the boat, we can start training for that. Now, there are um, two safety yachts that sail with the fleet because it could be 35, 40 boats, solos, pairs, trios, fours, and we're doing a five. But if they come to help you at any point, you're disqualified. They're just there for emergencies only. And of course, you're, you're in constant contact with them on the radio. Every day they'll speak to you to see how things are going.
0: There is a, a measure of safety there, but only for extreme situations. And you need to have experience in, in navigation, for example, because you need to be actually able to arrive in Antigua? There's compulsory
1: courses that you have to do but it's, they're quite basic because we've got what's called a weather router. He's over in the west coast of Scotland and he will communicate with us it's better be once a day but apparently he will communicate maybe three times a day telling you what weather's coming up what to expect giving you your coordinates and then you just program the coordinates into a navigation device. If he gives you the coordinates you put them in and it's really just point and shoot <laughs> point and row. Basically you're chasing the weather Getting away from the bad weather, heading towards the good weather. But not too good weather? Not too good weather, no. Like um, the start of the race last December, so I call it this year's race. A lot of the crews, the boat that won it, headed due south for quite some time before the butter melted and they turned right. And they won it the, the North Berwick crew. They headed south as well, not quite as far south as the Swiss team. And they came third. And the boats that headed south before they turned, they did much better than the ones that held back. And what happened was that the ones that held back. There was a, quite a few of the solar rows. They hit headwinds. So if you're a solar rower hitting the headwinds, you're not going anywhere. So they just had to sit on the anchor for days on end and hope for the wind to change. The weather was invaluable there, telling you that you had to go south, go south, go south, go
0: south. No turn right. So that's that's what we'll be using. And have you been actively talking to the five guys from North Berwick about their experience?
1: We've yet to to meet up with them, and we will do, and that will be a a delicious pint or a very nice coffee. I can't wait to hear their tales, basically, because they'll be full of stories. And advice. They've, they are going to give us lots of advice as well. But I've been, we've been messaging each other and sending texts. And I was messaging them all the way through it, sending them good luck messages and things. And I was waking up every morning. I felt as if I was part of their support team. Every morning, i get up every morning at 6 o'clock anyway, and every morning I'd wake up, make my coffee, and then see how they were doing. <laughs> and then think, oh, I had a good night's sleep. I wonder how their night was. And projecting onto my race you know next year i
0: was very aware of every day for them coming back to practicalities this is taking a fair amount of money to do yeah. you're going to need sponsors your profile as an actor i would hope will would help open doors for you but it's going to take quite a lot of resource
1: Yes, and um, most teams have between two and three years to raise the finance. We have less than a year to do the training to raise the finance. So we're we're really up against it. In terms of profile, we, we could have put it off till next year or the following year. But um, I thought, because I've got a, a show, major show on TV at the moment, I thought that raising of my profile would help in the, raising the finances. So I've run, you know, Radio Scotland and Radio 5 Live and doing press interviews. and But we've been waiting to get our video, promo video, and our digital brochure together. And now we can approach sponsors with a view to taking some advertising out on the boat because the boat is like a billboard. So either the companies will just want to be able to sponsor the, the endeavour or they will
0: use our boat as a, as a way of advertising their companies. You've got... 10 months Mm. to put that money together that's a major challenge huge challenge yeah some people think it's crazy that it can't be done you want to prove them wrong
1: always I just I just feel very positive about it I just when I met this charity I just felt something happened when I met these people they spoke so brilliantly the charity's body and soul and I felt an instant connection with the people who run it and I sort of felt there was a bigger reason than just me wanting an adventure. And when I met them, I I went, of course, this is meant to be. Their time is now in the work that they do. So just briefly, what do they do? They help people who have suffered adverse childhood experiences, which can be people of any ages. But when I first met them, they said because of the COVID situation, there was going to be a tsunami of mental health problems. And they identified two areas, one being NHS workers and the other one being young people and indeed the, the figures for young people people's attempted suicides and suicides in this country is quite shocking at the moment and it's getting worse and they are community based they treat people with compassion and love and people who have had adverse childhood experiences they recognise can go on to have alcohol problems or depressions or suicidal feelings the motto is, it's, you're never too old to heal. It's never too late to heal. So our motto for the team is never give up. And one of my things is about drawing attention to them and getting people to be aware of the work they do. But of course, with drawing attention to them and more people going to them for help, they need more resources. So I, once we reach our budget for entering the race and for doing the race, any monies we raise on top of that go straight to the charity. So, for instance, the boat is £60,000. Ideally, we would have a sponsor who would buy the boat for us, and then when we sell it on at the end, that money goes straight to the charity. But even if that wasn't the case, if a sponsor came forward and bought the boat, they would get the money back at the end of it. It's like an Everest expedition. It costs a lot of money to do these things. Costs twenty-four thousand pounds to join the race in the first place. You know, then you've got to pay for your your flights to and from there. You've got to pay for all your food, the dried food that you pack into the boat for. I think you've got to take food for sixty days in case things go wrong.
0: So you've got to have about a hundred thousand yeah, pounds. just
1: just over hundred. Th- so we're aiming for about hundred and twenty just to make sure we've got everything covered. And then everything we raise after that goes to the charity. And, of course, to do that, you need proper sponsorship from interested companies.
0: You're going from here to start knocking on doors, or you presumably have been knocking already. Yeah, we're starting properly now. We'll follow your progress with considerable interest. Kama Caninch, thank you. Thank you.